What's up? What's up, everybody? Michael Johnson here with the Business Choreography Podcast. Man, I'm excited to have you join us today because we've got another incredible guest, and I can't wait for you to meet him. Today, we have Robert Patton. He's the founder of Creative Agency Success, a consulting firm dedicated to helping creative agencies scale. Robert is known for being a deeply inquisitive and analytical leader with a distinct ability to devise solutions that elevate companies and lifestyles. He is a two-time international best-selling author and is passionate about sharing his next-level strategies so that created creative agency leaders will find fulfillment and growth. Guys, so excited for you to meet him, learn about his journey. Let's cue the intro and we'll dig right in. Listen, there's a lot to learn when growing and scaling your business. That's why we created the Business Choreography Podcast, where we talk about choreographing your marketing, operations, and sales into dynamic systems that increase your revenue and your impact. We'll explore solid business principles and discuss all things that make businesses dance to success with clarity. We'll help you figure out where the holes are in your business and what you can do to fix them. Think of us as your official business choreographers, aka your insider growth strategists. Remember, your choreography matters. Welcome to the Business Choreography Podcast. Robert, thank you for being on the show today. We're so excited to have you. Thank you so much for having me, Michael. Absolutely. Man, we've got a ton to talk about and a ton to jump into. So the first thing that I want to do is jump into your backstory. I love backstory, especially for other uh, business owners, entrepreneurs. I feel like it's uh, so important for us to share our journeys and share how we've gone through this. It's different for all of us. It's never a straight line. It's always a winding road. So if you wouldn't mind, we'd love to hear about your backstory. How'd you get to this point where you're doing creative agency success and, and let's kind of hear about the journey. 100% is a meandering story. I'm sure like many others, um, I'm going to kind of go a bit far back with all of you. I promise there's a point. Um, <laughs> When I was in my late teens, I was trying to decide ultimately what I was going to be studying in school. And I, most of my young adult life, I had assumed I was going to uh, become a lawyer or study business or one of those sort of avenues. And I decided to study photography, kind of the exact opposite of who I am, who I was kind of born uh, to be that analytical person as you introduced me to be. Um, I you know, grew up around photography, always kind of had a, a camera in my hand and was enamored by art and really enjoyed creativity. But it wasn't something that I just kind of had naturally as part of me, right? Um, went to school for photography, as I mentioned, and actually ended up recognizing after having launched a photography business that I absolutely was not meant to do that as a career. Um, so I ended up closing down the business, essentially selling off all the jobs that I had, and took off kind of on a, I needed to go on a bit of a self-discovery and traveled around the world for a little over a year. Wow. And when I got back and I had spent all my money and needed <laughs> to get a job, I uh, ended up landing a job as a controller at an agency. Wow. And um, I ended up finding it was like this perfect combination between my sort of analytical person being in accounting and being really close to creatives and helping creatives be able to do what they do really well. And I started getting myself into loads of different pieces of the business from operational efficiency, because ultimately that did impact the PL, to being able to sell and increase fees and organizing structure around everything. So I really 
really dove deeply into the numbers. The agency I initially landed at had dropped from in the $5 million in revenue to 800K. I ended up, they had laid off a number of employees and I had to help them sort of recover from where they were, helped grow that agency from that 800K to 10 million in the two years that I was there. Um, ended up freelancing after that and went from finance position to another agency and just consulted from there. And eventually, um, my husband kind of gave me this uh, gut punch that actually started and launched my career. And um, I was owed by one of the agencies I was working with a substantial payout for having grown to the size. And they refused to pay the contractually wow. obligated amount. It was over six figures. Wow. And and my husband's comment to me was, Robert, when are you going to be tired and of making everyone else wealthy and, and not make money yourself. And I was like, <laughs> okay, <laughs> boom. And there launched me actually taking the gusto to take the risk and uh, jump in head first. Wow. I, you know, I the number of times I hear these incredible moments like that, that just are, are such pivotal moments is incredible. And and that's part of why we love to do this show is because I think that sometimes you feel alone and on an island when these heavy things happen. And, and it's always when you have great people in your life, like you've mentioned, to kind of bonk you over the head and just kind of say, like, what are you doing? Like, why are you doing that? Like, was that still a hard moment in that, even though he he brought it out to you and even though it was like a a thing, like, was it still hard to make that shift or was that the the moment and you just kind of like, okay, here I go. It was, it was at that point. I think actually the following day is when we officially launched, like I set up the, the, the corporation the following day and then started getting everything going at that point. I mean, I'm a finance guy, right? So I, you know, had a substantial savings and had money there that wasn't really like I was making this massive leap of faith where I was putting my family in financial harm in any way. Right. So I uh, made the leap, but uh, that's great. It was an interesting path from there for sure. No doubt. Well, talk to us a little bit more about that next phase of the journey. I mean, you had a ton of experience and a ton of knowledge and wisdom in that space already. So it, it seems like maybe you didn't go have to go through all of the, the crazy bumps and ups and downs, but that's probably naive to think so. <laughs> yeah, I, I wish I could say that it was the case. It absolutely was not. Um, when I first launched, um, I was consulting with loads of different types of businesses um, and not staying directly with ultimately who I really enjoyed being around. And um, even though the agency had been agencies I'd worked with, I'd helped them specialize and really um, optimize what they were doing and how they were operating. And I kind of went to be this um, kind of everything to everyone person really and uh, grew the business to then the uh, low uh, seven figures and hated my life. Absolutely oh. hated everything about it. Um, I, by and large, was successful, pretty profitable. And this was a year and a half into the business. And um, I wanted to shut it down. Like if I'm, if my eyes were open at that point um, in the business, I was working. Like that's, right. I was just completely changed to my desk. Right. And I'm sure many entrepreneurs can, <laughs> can uh, empathize with that. Um mm-hmm. And, and I talk about this in, in my first book, The Agency Blueprint, and talk about this often when I um, speak at different agency events as well, is that 
it was this pivotal moment for me. Um, what I ended up doing was I spent a weekend in a hammock. I really enjoy laying in hammocks. I don't know why I have such a love <laughs> for them, but I absolutely do. And took a book and a pen and sat in my hammock with that book and wrote down what I wanted. And I recognized at that moment that as an agency, as a business owner and um, an entrepreneur, that we take on such an incredible amount of risk in being a business owner. And if it's actually not set up to serve our lives and actually help us achieve the lifestyle that we want, then what are we taking the risk on for? I might as well just go get another job. It wasn't, it wasn't worth it. And so I went kind of back to the drawing board of ultimately what I wanted to do and rebuilt the business from there. I very shortly thereafter um, fired about 80% of my business. Wow. My uh, husband was not very happy about that. <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, rebuilt it. And over the course of the next six to nine months, rebuilt the business back up with who I wanted to work with and worked exclusively with agencies from that point forward and focused on what ultimately I did phenomenally well, what I absolutely enjoyed working with people that I wanted to be around and helping them accomplish what they wanted to accomplish in their in their lives and uh, sharing a lot of even what my story is now too, right? And helping them understand you don't have to do what a lot of people, you have this kind of concept in your head of what an entrepreneur's life is supposed to be, this idea that you're supposed to sacrifice yourself for the business um, in order to have success, that you think about success as this thing that you have to work really hard and it's this piece that you have to do. And don't get me wrong, it took hard work, um, but you don't have to sacrifice yourself that way. And when I actually was doing what I wanted and working with the people that I wanted, um, my life really changed. Yeah. I, I can, I can feel that from you. And I love that portion of the journey that you're sharing with us. I want to, I have a number of questions about that portion, but I want to start with the part where you said I went back and had to, I knew I had to fire some of my clients. And I think that I, I hear when I talk to business owners frequently that they know that the client they're working with is not it's not the one, but they're just, they almost feel chained to it, right? In the chain to the money. Talk to us about firing those clients that you know you shouldn't be working with. Like that's, that's rough. Yeah. Honestly, I thought that after that going into firing them, especially having shrunk in size as much as I did very quickly, um, that it would have actually felt more scary. It actually felt really relieving actually um the distinction for me when i was going through the list was ultimately are they within who i actually want to be working with um and the ones that i mean every single one i worked through contract and ultimately put a notice and everything but ultimately what i was finding was that i would get an email from a client that i was working with and and i would feel like this them again and when i was in that place it's like why why am i doing that it's not good for them right it's not good for me um, I obviously cannot put my heart and soul into working with them and helping create the lives that they want because I was consulting with them for growth as well. Um, it, it just wasn't a good match, right? Because my heart wasn't in it and right. needed to help them get to someone that would put their heart and soul into it as well. So I think it was best for both of us. Yeah. I think being able to make that move is is definitely important. And 
I know in, in times past when we've helped startups, you know, a lot of times they hear about niching down and, and digging into that perfect customer. And you say, well, you know, maybe this is something you haven't done before. So you, you, it's great advice to niche down and get to that, that customer. But oftentimes I see this over and over again, they do that and then they go get that customer and then they find out that that is not the customer they want. <laughs> How did I end up here? Like, I thought that's what I wanted. And then they have to go through this process. So I'm so glad you said that because it's, uh, it just seems so valuable to hear from someone who's gone through it, that, that that's okay, that it's all right to do that. And that, that ultimately it was, it felt better on the back end to be able to do that. Let's jump forward a little bit and talk a bit more about, about your ascension into that next space of helping the people that you really liked to help and doing the thing that you liked the most. Uh, talk to us about that and what, what it is that you're doing that you love the most. You know, I love to solve problems. You know, the thing that I spend the vast majority of my time with with clients and I don't, I fundamentally with business don't believe that there's a one size fits all. And not not only for my clients, but I would imagine for every single entrepreneur listening is that we are often kind of pulled in this direction of the concept that this person did it this way. So I should do it that way, right? And what I really, really enjoy doing is taking into account who the that that business owners, the agency owners, ideal client is, what ultimately who they are, what they want out of their lives, the kind of money they want to make, what the market actually looks like, what their service profile is, and kind of thinking about this like this rainbow, if you will, of different potential options to solve their problem, and kind of pulling from different situations and different scenarios from different agencies that I've worked with over the years. And saying, all right, here's the equation for you. And then, like I, I would say with any client, I don't believe in silver bullets. I don't believe that there's a magic pill that we can take and just create a business. It doesn't really work that way. So there's two components. Is One, at that point, the client will say, hey, I don't like these two bits. And I'm like, all right, well, what about this? What about this? And then they go off and, and they try it. And then they take that into action. And they come back and say, all right, here's the couple of pieces that broke. And then allow for that refinement. I mean, by and large, let's face it in the technological age and the internet age, 90, 95% of the business tactics, the different tools, the different systems we can find online and educate ourselves on how to do it. But 97% of small businesses never make it to seven figures and ultimately the vast majority of them fail. Right. And largely, I believe, because they're trying to follow what someone else did and perhaps not at the right time, and so you can do the right thing at the wrong time and it causes loads of damage. So what are you doing? When do you do it? What order do you do it? And ultimately making sure that they can have the success and kind of ineloquently, as I will describe to clients, I'm kind of the, the training wheels for my clients, right? Where I'm going to keep you propped up. You might shake a little bit from time to time, but I'm going to make sure you're not going to fall over and scrape your knee and get bloodied up. I already have all the scrapes and bruises myself. <laughs> so hopefully I can save you along the way of doing those yourself. Yeah. I love that. Talk to me a bit about what it's like to come in and work with you on the inside. Like if a client were to sign up and and come in, because I know you've said some things already and and that maybe has sparked some interest in our listeners. And and I I feel like 
a lot of times it's scary for entrepreneurs because they've, they try to do a lot on their own and they try to do that. And then they start to get help. And then sometimes they get burned on the help and then they have to go get new help. And, and so I feel like it's, it's always super valuable to be able to hear literally like, what do you do? Like, what would it be like to work with you? And, and what happens when they come in the door and, and how does that start off and, and move forward? Well, there's kind of two buckets before I kind of even go into that. I want to describe something that I ultimately think is super important. Um, The vast majority of people on the planet kind of believe that we have to be independent, right? We've been all trained and brought up that independence is this thing that we need to seek out. And I'm going to fully and hopefully this is okay, but I'm going to call bullshit on that because I can guarantee you that I am absolutely not independent. If the grocery store stops having food nearby, my internet goes out, my power is out, like I'm probably going to die. Like I'm the first person that will die in a zombie apocalypse. I absolutely know that and I'm okay with it. Um, And so I am not independent. And I think that one of the first things we have to recognize as an entrepreneur is that we are not, we are not independent. We should not be do, and we cannot do this alone. It takes a community. It takes a tribe to be able to do it. And so there's, there's kind of two different um, verticals that I work with agencies and depending on the sort of stage that they're at. So from the six-figure line to about $2 million in revenue, the focus there is kind of figuring out ultimately what they want to be, what they want to be doing, who they want to be working with, and setting up the, the base sort of foundational block. So it's very curriculum-oriented. Here's a system with refinement and support. Again, as I mentioned, no silver bullets, no magic pills. That here's a, here's a system, here's the tactic, here's the tool directed. It's like here's the, the tool that you need right now. And then how do we craft it and augment it to be perfect for you? And then it's a largely a community of other agency owners that are learning together, teaching each other, helping each other out, supporting each other. Because as you mentioned, entrepreneurship is a very lonely game. I mean, <laughs> let, let's, let's face it. If you, were to, um, if you were to have a friend of yours that isn't an entrepreneur ask you how business the response is, it's good. You were to talk to an entrepreneur friend, you're like, His, this is what happened on Monday, this is what happened on Tuesday, this is what happened on Wednesday. You were to tell a friend that is an entrepreneur, they'd look at you kind of dumbfounded, like, I don't know what to do with that information. Right. And an entrepreneur would be like, yeah, yeah, that sounds about like my week too. Right. Um, and then for the agencies that are in the $2 million, uh, to $15 million in revenue, the, the core of that is we are then starting to put together a structured plan for their scale. So the way that we work is we're we're putting together that that vision of ultimately where we're going to be in 10 years, all the building blocks of what that looks like, making sure that we have the right team in place. What is the organizational charts going to look like? Making sure that we have good culture that allows for the agency owner to kind of start to extract themselves from the day-to-day while still making sure that the morality, that that feeling that they want to have within the organization is still there. And then I work directly one-on-one with the leadership team to allow for them every quarter to implement the tactics that they need. So in some examples, it may be us working together to put together a capabilities deck and actually formulating how you're going to present that and position the agency. And right now, for example, I'm working on fixing resourcing. So revenue is kind of stagnated uh, for this particular agency that just started, but ultimately their utilization is higher than it's ever been. So it's either a pricing issue, it's a... Uh, um, a uh, efficiency problem. So how, what exactly are we going to dig into in the data that allows for us to understand what's actually breaking down 
and they're at that sort of size in an agency typically in that three to five million dollar uh, in revenue space that it's like you have to reorganize the way that you uh, that you uh, operate. And that's kind of in, in a crux of the two different verticals of how I'm working with them. Wow. That's really cool. And and it's very clear. And I love that. Talk to me a little bit about, you said this earlier, and I'm not sure if it was in this little clip, but you said uh, you were talking about not one size fits all. And we believe that wholeheartedly and, and as business choreography and the business choreography podcast, like we came from a, a professional ballroom dance background and we knew that choreography was so necessary and even the world champions would come in and indicate that they had choreographers. So the best of the best would come in and say, Hey, yeah, we need to go to our choreographers so that they could see what we do and how we do it and and maybe find our assets and find our weaknesses and it sounds a lot like that's what you do and i love that but i want to hear a bit more on your perspective on on the one size fits all because i feel like there's a a, maybe it's rampant in the business industry i feel like there's a whole lot of people out there going i did it this way so do it that way i just want to dig into that a little bit more well, yeah, people are selling that every day, right? I mean, right. you spend 30 minutes on social media and it's like, hey, I did this, so you can do it too. Right. Um, and so I think that largely people think that that's how you do it, right? And and every single entrepreneur out there has experienced where that does not work. Right, right. And, you know, there's this, this concept of like... Here's here's what I see ultimately and, and my opinion around this largely, and I'm kind of going kind of tangential to what you're saying, but so often we end up feeling and telling ourselves when something doesn't go right in our business that it's our fault, that we sucked, that we weren't a good business I'm... owner, that it was all of our fault. And the, the thing, every single one of us have fallen flat um, on our faces. And I was talking with someone and they were describing how um, they were quite jealous of where I am in my, in my life and in my career. And, um, he was describing how he had failed at this and had failed at this. And I was like, Hey man, you just described Monday through Friday, right? Like (laughs) I'm constantly failing. I'm constantly learning. I'm constantly changing. And like, honestly, that's part of life largely too. Like I want to, I don't know everything. I don't claim to. Um, and that's, it's a journey of figuring out things. And ultimately, my opinion is that you need to be looking at it in um, what have you learned from that situation? And there's um, that, I forget exactly who said it, but essentially don't let a serious crisis go to waste. And it's how do you harness the situation? And the moment that you figure out here's the problem, um, most people will start and like point them, point at themselves and tell them that they suck because you figured out that they say, here's the issue that you caused It's like, well, you just discovered the problem. Like you unlocked yourself. Like you should be celebrating this moment and not telling yourself that you've done something wrong. And in those moments, people are looking to someone else to solve that issue for them. And they're looking for that perfection, that perfect thing. And so, so many of us are trying to find what that perfect answer to our problem is when realistically speaking, there's the best way to go about it is actually looking for a mentor, looking for a community, looking for someone else that can see the forest through the trees, right? Like they can actually help you see what you can't see that might be right in front of you. And um, 
it's I personally have worked with and I'm part of mastermind groups and have colleagues. I mean, I spend with a particular colleague um, probably 30 or 40 times a day that we go back on Voxer and we chat all the time about what we've got going on and helping point out things for myself and likewise for him. And it's just uh, like I said before, um, you really need a community and a tribe and you absolutely cannot do this alone and neither can I. Right. Yeah. It's, it's so important. So what's the balance from your perspective in one size fits all? We know that we both, I think, agree in that category, but also uh, the understanding that modeling is important. You know, you model people that have had success, you model things that they've done. So where's the line? Where's the balance between uh, modeling and not one size fits all? I would say what feels the most right for you, right? Again, as I go back to what I was talking about before, and I spent some time looking at what I wanted. How is it going to support my life? How is it going to help yeah. me? And it's for, so there's like the debate between lifestyle business versus kind of like empire, right? Right. Um, until you get to the lifestyle business and it's feeding your lifestyle, then you can start looking at empire at the next <laughs> stage, right? But you first have to get yourself to like, you have space, you have time, you can invest your your creativity, your ingenuity into your business, and then you can start to take it to the next stage and next level. But I mean, trust as to what you actually want out of the business. And if it feels right, this model works for you, it's going to actually help you get to where you want to be. And then ultimately, if it doesn't actually feel right in the end, like you go down a path and it doesn't work, don't try to force yourself to commit to something that ultimately isn't making you happy. Change right. it. I, um, I'm a very straight shooter, a non-sugar coder. My friends and clients will, will share this with you as well. Um, if someone were to come to me complaining about the same situation multiple times, I'm just going to directly call them out on it. And like, <laughs> you can either change this or you can keep complaining about it every week and every day. So change it, you know? And um, right. yeah, modeling is important. Look at what people have done before you but ultimately recognize that you need to create from that too, right? So it's kind right. of the yes and concept and yes, but. So you can take pieces that you like and then leave the pieces that you don't. I love that. Man, so many good things here. I I wonder, you know, in, in terms of thinking about that end goal and the forward progress of a business and and you know you've you've mentioned and talked about helping grow and scale and, and this is a little off topic but it, it does relate to some of the things that we've talked about today how do you help your clients and and the people that you're working with get through those blocks where they're committed to doing something but you can clearly see that that is not that's not going to get you to your end goal but you're like they're like set in stone, like we're going to do this. And you're like, no, that's the wrong thing. We just talked about what your vision was. Like we've got to get past that. So how do you do that? Like I said, I'm very direct and very blunt. Um, <laughs> and it also depends on the personality of the person and where they are. Right. But often I will ask them questions to let them kind of find the answer themselves. And like, so if we have a predefined kind of vision of where they're going, I'll ask questions like, hey, is this still what you're looking to accomplish? Is this still where you're looking to go? Is this still what you want? Yes, yes, yes. Okay, well, let's play this out for a moment. Let's right. take this and add on to this. You've done this now. You've got 10 clients doing that particular thing in this right. particular way. 
how is that going to get to this? Is it? And then they recognize, okay, no. All right, well, how do I go about it so that it actually accomplishes it? And then it allows for them to change the the thing that is um, a bit difficult is the the habitual component of it, right? Because we right. all have habits that are ingrained in ourselves, and it's it's allowing for ourselves to see them and ultimately uh, make a change. But often, I mean, I've gone to extreme extreme lengths sometimes to change my own habits. But um, there's things that we are not good at, right? And the sooner you start to recognize those things, and that has been a big unlocker for me, is recognizing the things I just suck at. Right. And I've given it to someone else. I've created a, an opportunity for an employee, for a team member, and they now can take care of it. And they are great at it. They're better at it than I ever would have been. Right. And let it go, you know? And it's it was a difficult challenge for me to start to let go, especially as a a control freak personality that I am <laughs> and a lot of entrepreneurs I imagine as well. Right. Um, you just uh, start to give that, uh, that space so that you can uh, spend your time in your, uh, in your zone of genius. Yeah. And it's so, it's so important to be able to do that. It's so important to be able to, to start sourcing out. There's uh, I, I tell this story periodically of my youngest daughter and, she said, you know, dad, why are you, why are you working so hard right now? And this is a while back. And I said, you know, I'm working hard so that I can buy back my time. And she looked at me and she leaned in and she goes, well, hurry up. <laughs> and I was like, oh, <laughs> okay. Um, so, I, but I think, you know, it's, it's like that double-edged sword. Like we know we need to get help and we know we need to do that. And guys take, take Robert's advice. And, and I hope you heed that. I hope those of you listening go back and you listen again and take some notes about some of the things that Robert has said because these are valuable. This is valuable stuff. And if you're not doing all this stuff already, then, uh, then maybe looking to Robert to get some help to do this would be a good idea. So that being said, talk to us a little bit about how they can find you and learn more and, and how they could dig in and maybe uh, get some help with your services. Thanks. Uh, I want to just quickly on what you just said, I will say it absolutely does get easier. Speaking as someone that was working 90, 100 hour weeks to now a 24 hour work week, just and I'm off typically on Fridays, Monday through Thursday yeah. of working. It's absolutely possible. It does take time. It does take hard work, but it's absolutely possible. Um, so I'd like to send if you guys are interested in, in checking out a couple of things, there's uh, creative agency success forward slash business choreography. I've got three things um, that are on that page for you. The agency analyzer. So it's a guide on you to review ultimately what your business is, your agency is doing, whether it's profitable, what items you actually really enjoy so you can focus on the things that you want to do. And then um, if you want to dig a little bit deeper on how you can refine your business and ultimately get to where you want to be, the practical agency, you've got a free download of my book there. And if you're interested in talking about where you currently are and what you can be doing today to allow for your business to be more successful and be more in line with what you want it to, to be and provide for your life, um, there's a link for us to schedule a one-on-one 15-minute -on -one chat. Awesome. Man, thank you so much for uh, sharing that with us. Uh, guys, that's an incredible resource, and I hope you go and you take advantage of that. Go head over to creativeagencysuccess.com slash thank you very much, business choreography, um, and uh, and go get those resources. I mean, you put time into 
into this and effort into this, go check it out. Go take advantage of the wisdom and the journey and the the ups and the downs that he's gone through to get you some of this incredible information. And uh, man, we we are so privileged and honored to have you on the show. We thank you for your wisdom uh, and and really appreciate you showing up. Any last words you want to leave them with before we head out? Thank you so much for having me. And I hope that um, my story, you guys have learned from some of the things that I've learned and uh, hopefully avoid some of the speed bumps that I have and some of those scrapes and bruises, but yeah, it does get better. Absolutely. All right, guys, appreciate you joining us on the show today. Don't forget, keep working on your choreography. We'll see you guys in the next episode. Take care. Thanks for joining us today. Want more business choreography? Check out our website at bizchoreo.com to find out more. And find out how the choreography for your marketing operations and sales can raise your revenue and create more impact. Remember, every business needs choreography.